You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Pray together, oh God, we come to you. We come to you as the God the Father who sent his one and only Son to this earth. The name Jesus, God has come to this earth, lived among us, and then died on the cross so that we could experience life, life to its fullest, life no matter what happens here on this earth, that you, because of Jesus Christ, we can have life eternal if we have our faith and our trust in you and that you will see us through whatever it is that life throws at us. And we're just thankful that even now we can gather around your word, the living word, Jesus. And and we pray that, that this word today would speak to each one of us in a mighty way, meet each one of us right where we're at. God, you know the battle, the struggle, the joys, the victories, the concerns that we're all facing. And we submit that all to you, and we would ask that you would work in each one of us in a powerful and a mighty name, because that is who Jesus is, and that's what he desires to do. And so we ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Ben, for leading us this morning once again, and all those who have been working hard to make this morning possible. I want to welcome you and and turn in your Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles handy. If not, run and get them from wherever they are, your Bibles, a notebook, and a pen so you can take some notes as we look at John chapter 14. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14 as there is a good word, I believe, for each one of us here this morning. And so we welcome you from wherever you are. And and as Brett said, just if you are able to fill out that connection card sometime after the service, if you do it even right now, uh, that's probably not the best time. We want you to be in the Word, but we would love to be able to connect with you and to know that you joined us here this morning. And so John chapter 14, we'll look at that in a moment. And, and, and as we get started here this morning, I just want to remind you, we are living in unprecedented days, aren't we? I mean, this is just so crazy. Who would have ever thought that this is the way that we would be doing church in March of 2020? As we continue to see the effects of the coronavirus, we're seeing this past week more and more shutdowns. We're seeing the market crashing. We're seeing oil tanking. We're seeing toilet paper continuing to run off the shelves. There's so much bad news. And, and can I just even encourage you, just as pastorally, to love you, just to encourage you, please limit your intake of news. Some of you are news hounds, and, and you're spending so much time scrolling and looking and reading and watching. Please don't allow the news of the day to consume everything that is going on. You just cannot keep up, and it won't be good for your soul. Because it's just kind of like a a black hole that you can get into. We've given you in the e-news that came out Friday evening, we gave you some helpful instruction and guidance in in just some ways to maneuver through this. And so make sure you read it. And if not, you can sign up for the e-news on our website, on the online connection card. Encourage you to do that. Get outside. Enjoy the beautiful weather. I encourage you, spend time outside. Spend time with your family. Remember to be practicing the social 
social distancing, the hand washing, and if needed, self-isolation. And if you, a loved one, end up going into self-isolation, please, again, through our online connection card, let us know so we can know how we can serve you, how we can come alongside and love you and make sure that you are prayed for and that your needs are being, being met. And so I just want to encourage you as well then to be taking time to spend in the Word of God, in worship, personal worship, in corporate worship, joining in, things like this. It's so good to be able to do this and to connect with others through the phone, through text, through chat groups that, that are already some of them set up here in the life of the church. And then this next week, there's going to be some video group times, some prayer times that, that many of you who have computer access, it's easy, you'll be able to join us in that way. My hope, and, and this is my hope, and I get kind of excited when I think about this because my hope is that when all of this is over and life resumes back to normal, whatever that normal looks like, we don't know, that we would emerge out of this season of social distancing and isolation. And because of our connectedness and because of our reliance on the Lord, that in this time that we would emerge stronger Men and women, young people, children in greater areas of faith and trust in, in, in God that our faith would grow and that we would be stronger as the body of Christ. That we would desire to serve one another and serve our city in this time and then once again as it gets back to a new normal. That is my hope and that is my prayer for each one of us and for our church, for this city, for this region, for this nation. And as I've said before, we are living in unprecedented times. And meaning, and, and, and when I say unprecedented, is, is meaning that you and I, at least, have never lived through what we are currently experiencing. But the world has. The Bible, the Word of God, has talked much about pestilence and plagues. And even then, through history, we see pestilence, plagues, viruses, pandemics that have been a part of our world history. Even our city here in Kelowna has been affected through a pandemic or an epidemic in 1918, the Spanish flu. Take a look at this notice. You should be able to read this online and, 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 and be able to see this even right now. This was a public notice in a newspaper in Kelowna in, in 1918. It says, notice is hereby given that in order to prevent the spread of Spanish influenza, all schools, public and private, Churches, theaters, moving picture halls, which were, I guess, movies, uh, what we call a theater today, pool rooms and other places of amusement and lodge meetings are to be closed until further notice. All public gatherings consist of 10 or more are prohibited. Sound familiar? The days that we're living in and the days that uh, they were experiencing in 1918 here in our city. Here's another excerpt that we see that five days later after this was written, this was an excerpt from the newspaper from the Kelowna record. And it says, the flu has reached Canada, but isn't in Kelowna yet. People are asked to seclude themselves if they have traveled outside of the city. The article goes on to say to to at once begin running around and visiting friends is courting trouble. And dare we say, kissing must be barred for the present time. Isn't that interesting? And, and we end up seeing two weeks later, in November 17th of 1918, the Kelowna Record went on to print this headline. 
four Chinamen, I guess political correctness wasn't quite in in those days, four Chinamen succumb to epidemic, which takes turn for the worse. The article went on to say that uh, the all, all of Kelowna's then Chinatown was under quarantine and that an emergency hospital was opened. Interesting piece of history, isn't it? Thankfully, by early 1919, in January, it seemed that the Spanish influenza came to an end here in Western Canada. So these may be unprecedented days for us, but not in the history of this world. But I ask you, so how do we cope? How, do, how are we getting through this? How will we get through this? Now, I heard this week, I, I heard or I read that guns and ammunition sales are skyrocketing in Canada this past week. And not only, as you keep reading, as well as I are seeing that toilet paper continues to run off the shelves, something else is, and it's cannabis. Yeah, marijuana. I read this week that a cannabis store here in Kelowna was considering closing not because of the virus and health and safety issues, but because of supply. They said they were running out of supply. People are looking for peace. People are looking for an escape. They're looking for help. And then I also read this past week that sadly there's women's shelters here in our region that are on high alert and getting ready to receive new clients as they project a higher volume of clients given the stress and the close proximity of family members. Folks, did you know that Jesus, Jesus right now is concerned about your peace and about your well-being? You see, he doesn't want his children to live in fear. He doesn't want us to live in anxiety. But he desires to give us and grant us peace, a supernatural peace, a peace that is out of this world. You see, Jesus, yes, he is totally concerned and he is interested and desirous for our salvation, for our forgiveness, for us to come to him in forgiveness. He is concerned about our standing before God and granting us eternal life. Yes, that is the primary reason that Jesus came to this earth. That was his mission. That was his desire. But he also came for our own peace and our own mental well-being. He's concerned about that. In the madness of our broken and our fallen and our messed up world, he desires for us as his children to know and to experience his peace. In John chapter 14, we see this concern. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He is hours away from his trials that he would face, these mock trials from false accusations to beatings and ultimately the crucifixion. He's hours away from this. And yet Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room and his disciples are panicking. They are filled with anxiety and Jesus tells them and he tells them that, that one of them will end up betraying him he goes on to tell them in the upper room that he's going to be beaten, he's going to be crucified, and he's going to be leaving them. And this news for the disciples sent them over the edge. They were troubled. They were freaking out. And so here we have Jesus just hours before this. Before his crucifixion, he's here with his disciples. This was just mind-blowing. It was shocking for his disciples you see, just hours and days before this, life seemed so good for the disciples. 
Jesus was performing miracles. He was teaching to the crowds. The crowds were loving him. And, 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 and now they were getting kind of excited. The disciples were, maybe he's going to set up that kingdom and he will be king and we'll have a pretty big part of that. It's going to be good. Life was looking good. And then all of a sudden, Jesus in the upper room tells them, once again, he had told them before, but they didn't hear. But now for this time, they actually hear, they actually listen, and they find out that now it's all changed. And the disciples' hopes and dreams are suddenly and drastically changed. And so here we have Jesus in the most distressing and dramatic and disturbing moments in his life. These things are going to be taking place in, in his life in the next few hours. We see Jesus knowing that he is going to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, literally, as he takes the sin of all humanity upon himself or all who would call upon him upon himself. And what is Jesus doing? Is he panicking? No, he's filled with peace because he has a supernatural peace. He is God in the flesh. And we see Jesus is loving, he's caring, he's serving, and he's concerned about the mental well-being of his disciples. And today, I want you to know, fellow believers, I want you to know that in this crisis that we are in, in our world, Jesus wants his followers, he wants you, he wants you today to have peace. He offers a peace to his children that is out of this world, a supernatural peace, a peace that is unshakable, an unshakable trust and rest and confidence in him. And so let's read here in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 27. We will pick this story up here at verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. That word troubled that he uses means don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be full of confusion and hurry. Or that word trouble also means like a sea that's not at rest, just kind of the waves just keep pounding and pounding. And so he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Verse 28, he goes on to say, you heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. Now, if you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me so, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Today we're going to see three realities Three realities of, in, in God's glorious generosity to us. We're going to see three realities about a peace that is out of this world from this passage. And the first thing I encourage you to write this down, write this down, it's important, is first of all, where not to find peace. This is where you will not find a supernatural, out of this world kind of peace. 
You will not find it in the world. You won't find it in circumstances. You won't find it in money, nor will you find it in possessions. And I think that note should appear there on the screen. Encourage you to write that down. You won't find the peace in this world in circumstances and money or possessions. Jesus said in verse 27, he says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. You see, we will never find real to or total or lasting peace in the things of this world. In our circumstances, no matter how awesome, you won't find it in money, no matter how much of it you have. You won't find true and lasting peace in all the possessions that you may gather and accumulate. Now, there may be some peace and some satisfaction and some happiness for some hours or days or weeks, but it's so amazing how quickly our peace that we have built up in our lives can so easily be zapped in an instant. It can happen with a phone call, in a conversation, or with the latest developments in the news. A person might even think, well, I've got financial peace. How many of you in just a few weeks ago would have thought, you know what, I have financial peace. But now as we see the economy melting down, and all of a sudden you're thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my house, to my job, to my retirement fund? What's going to happen to my savings? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? So many questions and all of a sudden we are running around and we don't have peace. Or maybe it comes from a difficult or a devastating health diagnosis. And all of a sudden we lose our peace. Or a relationship breaks down, or there's divorce, or there's an accident, or, or, or there's a fire, or there's a wayward child, or a loved one, and kaboom, all of a sudden, the peace that we've been riding and we've been enjoying, we've been enjoying the wave of peace in our life, and it's gone suddenly. The world's peace is temporary, it's fleeting, it's fragile, it's based on our circumstances, and it won't last. And you know, if, if I could be honest with you, I've had a few pretty good little freak-out sessions in the last number of weeks. My mind so easily can start to go to the what-ifs. As you look at what's happening, you look at the life of the church, you look at our community, our region, you look at our nation, and you just start saying, what if? And I'm telling you, I can work myself into a tizzy if I let it go for very long in that way. And thankfully... They haven't lasted very long. I've turned off the TV. I've stopped looking on, 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 online for news. I've, I've focused my attention back in the Word of God, in worship and in prayer. And I have drawn from an unlimited supply of peace that Jesus offers to me as his child and he offers to you if you are his child a peace that is out of this world. And so I wonder today, are you panicking? Are you being kept up at night? Are you freaking out? Are you working yourself, perhaps, and some of you are already there, into a real deep and a dark place? We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Again, that connection card is vital right now. Or send a text or an email and say, I'm struggling. I could use some prayer. We want to be able to stand with you, love you, support you in and through this. And as we go through this, we see the panic. 
We see it continuing at times. We see the freaking out, and, 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 and it's going to happen, and it will keep happening in your life. It will happen in your family. It will happen in your marriage. If you're banking on and if you're looking for peace in the things of this world, in our circumstances, in money, or in our possessions. So we don't find peace in these things, even though we so often try to look for them in these places. But next, second of all, Jesus tells us where we can find real peace. And this is exciting. This is where we can find real peace. In verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Here is Jesus, God in the flesh, came down, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, Son of God, offering us now His peace. This is heaven sent. This is supernatural peace that He offers. And, and you see, this is also important, and I encourage you to write this down. He offers us two kinds of peace. There's two aspects or two elements to his peace. The first one being, write this down, he offers us peace with God. Peace with God comes from knowing that whatever is going on in my life, whatever is going on in the world, whatever I am right in, that I can be in a right standing with God and that we can have a peace with God knowing that God is with me, that God is with you, that God is for me, that God is for us. To know and to have a relationship with God that is stronger than anything that we could ever experience here on this earth. And this has all been provided. We can have peace with God because of Jesus because of Jesus coming to this earth, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, because of Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday. Now write this down, and you can even look in your Bibles to Romans 5, because we're going to look at a few verses here in Romans chapter 5. But I encourage you to just listen in as you're turning to Romans chapter 5 to verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified, that word justified is a legal word for basically us being declared innocent, us being declared free from guilt and from sin. And so, again, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this morning, have you been justified by faith? Have your sins been pardoned? Have they been forgiven? Have they been covered over? Including the sin of freaking out. Because that's what it is. You see, we are not justified by religious activities. That's not how we have peace with God. That's not how we are made right with God. We are not justified with God or have peace with God through living a good life. We are justified by faith when we understand that we have all sinned and fall short of God's glory, that God is holy, He is pure, He is righteous, and that our sins and our shortcomings, our mistakes, our mess-ups, our screw-ups are all an offense to God and because of our sin, we deserve punishment, death, even eternal separation from God. And yet when we are justified by faith, by believing in Jesus and in Jesus alone, not Jesus and good works, not Jesus in going to church, not Jesus in my baptism or Jesus in my church donations or to my good deeds that I do in the community, it is by Jesus and Jesus alone. By believing His sacrifice on the cross covers my sins. That He covered and He paid for it all. And that He rose again on Easter Sunday victorious over sin and death. 
And when we surrender ourselves to Jesus completely, entirely, we ask for his forgiveness, we repent of our sins, and we turn from our sins, and and we turn from our way of doing life to following his way for us to do life that we see outlined in his word, and we cry out to him, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I'm yours. And in that moment, he justifies, he saves us, he forgives us. We are reconciled with God, and we have peace with God. What a great hope we have. And the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You will be justified by your faith in Jesus Christ. And you will have peace with God. No matter who you are, no matter your past, no matter what you have done, this is for you. You can have this peace with God. So there is this peace with God, but now write this down because this is important too. This also means we can have the peace of God. And look what what else Romans 5 says, starting in verse 2. It says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we have peace with God, but then we can also know the peace of God. And look at that in verse 4. It says God pours into our lives. He pours into our hearts His hope, His love, His peace comes and is a part of that. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, peace. Remember that? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control come into our lives by the Holy Spirit when we are justified by Him. It's like a pipeline. (laughs) It's funny, you don't really hear much about pipeline stuff anymore, do you? It's like a fire hydrant, and and you, you hook up to that, and there's this endless, powerful supply of peace that he offers us. The peace that he offers us is unaffected by the circumstances and the events of this world. His peace will match and even overcompensate anything that we face here on this earth. Jesus is telling his disciples and Jesus is telling us today through his word that fear and worry in the life of a Christian are a perfect waste of time. Total waste of time for us. But I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, I have trusted Christ as my Savior. I've trusted Him for my salvation. I believe this in my head, but I'm struggling. I'm still freaking out over the different things that are happening. And you need to know that freaking out is not a spiritual gift. And you've got to stop it. And we've got to see God do a work in your heart, in your life in this. And so thirdly, we're going to see here how we can walk the path of peace. This is really important. How do we walk this path of peace? Having been justified, knowing that we can know God's peace in our lives. We can have peace with God. We can have the peace of God. But how do we walk this path of peace? And, and the first thing that we see here is we walk the path of peace by fixing our minds on the right things. 
Look at what Jesus said in verse 28. He says, you heard me say to you, I am going away. In other words, he's telling them, I'm going to die. And I will come to you, meaning I will rise from the dead. He goes on to say, if you loved me, you would, you would have rejoiced because I'm going back to the Father. And then he's telling them, I'm going to be ascending. I'm going to be going back up into heaven. That's where I'm going. And you see, the disciples, they had their hopes. They had their plans. They had everything set here on an earthly kingdom. And Jesus would be their king. But Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's telling you and I today, that this earth is not our home. He is telling us that our citizenship is in heaven. That is our real home. And so we need to get our eyes off of the things of this world, and we need to get our eyes fixed on the kingdom of heaven. You see, at the start of, of chapter 14, you can even look up there in, in John chapter 14, in, in verse 1, Jesus says again, he says to, to start off this chapter, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then he tells them, I'm going to be going to prepare a place for you. You see, heaven is our real home. Now listen up, this is really important. The proportion that we make earth our home is the proportion that we will worry. I'll say that again. The proportion that we make earth and the things of this earth our home, we make everything about our time here on this earth is the proportion that you will worry. When our minds, our focus, our hopes, our dreams are all dominated by our possessions, by our trucks, by our cars, by our trips, by our reputation, by great and, 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 and perfecting bodies, by our accomplishments or by our kids or by our grandkids, we are then, and, and, and I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but to be obsessed and to, to, for that to be our main goal and our focus and our, our, our push and our drive, we're going to struggle with peace. We are fixing our minds on things below and that's, that is not good. That is not how you walk the path of peace. It's by fixing our minds on things that are above. Write down Colossians 3. You have time this week, read Colossians 3. It's not if you have time, make time to read that. Because there the Apostle Paul says, set your minds on things above. And so we walk the path of peace by fixing our minds on the right things. Second of all, we see in here that we can walk the path of peace by seeing our circumstances, our lives, completely in God's hands. Look at in verse 20, 29, and this is pretty cool. Look at in verse 29, Jesus says, and now I've told you before it all takes place. In other words, I'm giving you a little insider information here so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, Jesus tells them. Basically, he's saying things, life in the next little bit is going to get crazy. For the ruler of this world, Satan, is coming. But look at this, underline this in your Bibles. He says, but he has no claim on me. Yeah, Satan is coming. Yeah, the wave is coming. But it has no claim on me. Jesus is reminding his disciples that though it is going to look like the Roman soldiers, the religious leaders, Pilate and Herod, and ultimately Satan are winning, it's going to look like they're all having their way with Jesus. He is their literal whipping boy. It looks like evil is winning, but Jesus is saying, 
they have no claim on me. He says, I'm victorious in this. He's saying, my father is in charge. This was all part of God's plans. They were just pawns in his hands. You see, this speaks to the sovereignty of God, that God is in control of our lives. He is in control of the circumstances and what we are facing even today in this world, that He rules over all, even viruses. And I believe that God is shaking our world. He's bringing us to our knees as believers in Christ. He's exposing our lukewarmness, our shallow and our weak need praying, our high reliance on ourselves, our, our, our lack of faith and boldness, the, the way that we are living our lives for the things of this earth. He's exposing that and He's teaching us and reminding us of what is truly important. He's exposing, us, exposing where we have been placing our hope. He's exposing the idols in our lives, those things that we worship over and above. Jesus, the King of kings. And loved ones, please listen to me. This virus may appear to be winning, but you need to know that God is still in control. He is on the throne He's giving us a good shaking. And oh, would we repent of our lukewarmness, of the bitterness and the unforgiveness that you're holding on to. Those secret or maybe not so secret of sins and that we would run to Him in forgiveness and in repentance and, and in worship and knowing that He loves us and He cares for us and He welcomes us back into fellowship with Him. Will we respond in repentance? Will we respond in faith and get our eyes on the right things? And lastly, we walk this path of peace and write this down by daily obedience to God's word. Look at what Jesus says in verse 31. He says, but I do as the Father commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus is saying, I'm obeying the Father because I love him. And the greatest way that you can show that you love someone is to obey them, to follow them, to listen to them. And here we see that Jesus is surrendered to his heavenly Father. I'm in a group with some men in the church. We meet early on Wednesday mornings or have been meeting early on Wednesday morning and we've been studying a book called The Pursuit of Holiness. And I'm telling you, the guys that I'm meeting with, do they ever need it? <laughs> Yeah, but so do I. I'm right in there too. The last time that we met, we were challenged in our discussion and then in our prayer about how oftentimes we don't take sin serious enough. We don't take sin and the obedience to God and to His Word serious enough. We so oftentimes categorize sin and we justify our, obe justify our disobedience. We think it's not that big of a deal. And yet it is these compromises oftentimes in the little areas that lead to greater downfalls and ultimately a lack of peace because we are out of step with God because of our sin, because of our disobedience. And one of the greatest ways that we can keep God's supernatural peace flowing and the way that we stay hooked up to His power, His strength, His peace, and having it flowing into our lives is by demonstrating our love for Him by obeying His word by surrendering control of our lives to God and say, God, I'm in your hands. My family, my house, my job, my future, it's all in your hands. God, I surrender it to you. 
and to repent and to turn from any willful or deliberate sin or any area that the Holy Spirit exposes as being sin in our lives and we obey God's word. I trust that this would be a season that we would all spend quality time growing deeper in our relationship with God. In the e-news that was sent to you on Friday, there are many practical ways that you can learn and you can study and you can be in God's Word and learn some very important truths from His Word. Now today, as we wrap things up here, we've, we've talked about these amazing truths, this peace that God offers to us as His children, and, and yet maybe you're sitting there on your couch, at your desk, outside, wherever you're watching this, And you might be wondering, though, but does this really work? When push comes to shove, when the rubber hits the road, will God's peace be there in my life? Because right now it isn't. When there is the death of a loved one, when someone near us, we find out, contracts the virus, when there's cancer or whatever it is, an economic collapse, when there's layoffs and there's so much uncertainty, will God's peace be there? And I want to encourage you and I want to declare to you, yes, yes, yes it will. If we have been sowing these seeds in obedience and sowing the seeds of faith in these days, God's peace, God's strength, His presence will be with us. And that can start today as you commit and recommit your life to Him. You can make Him the Lord and Savior of your life today. You can do that. And and there's a way that even on the Connect card, if you have more questions about a relationship with God, you can mark that and we would love to be in touch with you and we will. Maybe it's time to come running back to God because you've been wandering in different areas of your life. This morning we're going to close our message message here with a story of hope. And if you're familiar with hope Bible Church here in Kelowna, you have heard recently about Carol, our dear friend. She was one of the founding core group members of our church when it started. In the summer of 2019, she moved to Calgary to be close to her son and to her grandchildren, concerned about them and and, and their salvation, and it was her great desire to go there and love and care for them and also hopefully to see them come to know Jesus Christ. She started to attend and became a part of one of our network churches in Calgary, Redemption Church, Calgary South with Pastor Quentin. And so she was there and attending the church and and, and enjoying the, the body of Christ there and taking her grandsons to church. But in November, Carol was diagnosed with cancer. And when she found out, she found out rather abruptly and basically the doctor didn't have a lot of bedside manners that day and he basically said, you have cancer, get your affairs in order, it won't be long. Well, Pastor Quentin recorded a video of her about 10 days ago and he sent it to us this past week. Her, conti- her condition even from this 10 days ago has continued to decline, decline physically, but her spirit and her peace, it's getting stronger, and it's getting stronger day by day. Take a look at this great story of God's peace in one of the great storms of life. Good morning, everybody, and especially Hope. 
I am so privileged to be able to come to talk to you today and have my other pastor. How blessed is that? <laughs> I have a lot to say to you people, and I thank God for you. You have been through this right from the beginning. And I always try not to have liquid tears, but it just seems to flow over. Anyway, you guys are so precious to me. You are a blessing. And I am blessed. Truly, God is doing a work in me, a good work. He has given me peace, no fear, and joy beyond I have ever had. And it is answers to your prayers and your faithfulness. And you guys, you are totally amazing, all of you. I have new church family in Calgary also. I don't know too many, but they have stepped up. I have Pastor Quentin has arranged meals, people to come and visit me. And you know, when you're in the hospital, that means so much. It really does. Um, I do get frustrated at times because I can't do a lot of things that we take for granted, like get out of bed on my own. <laughs> but you know what? God has provided more help and then some. Um, and Pastor Melvin, him and his, his fun ways, he's, I get a kick out of him. But he's always there, and he's... And Pastor Melvin, I appreciate you've been here twice, and I know you've been praying, you and the whole congregation. Um, prayers are invaluable. And I've learned that. You know, I didn't really live by that before. I thought I fit in, right? It's all about him. And what a change of heart you get when he reveals that to you. He doesn't want us to worry. He tells us not to. So I'm thinking, well, what am I worrying about then? Really? It's sort of futile because it's going to go his way anyway. My biggest prayer for through my church is for my family and, and people in this world that are lost and need the Lord, and they don't even know that. But it's for the family, um, that they see the power, the beauty, and the resurrection power of Christ, above all. Pain-free, that my children all come to know the Lord and my little grandchildren see this as a blessing. We need to spread the word. This world, people are dying. They don't know what's going on and they're living in fear, but we know the truth. Yeah. And the peace that comes from that is, well, it's from God. When I first got this, and I think I told you this, Clinton, I couldn't, I couldn't pray. I couldn't even think. But God knew that. And the scripture and the only scripture I relied on, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
that got me through all of it. And what a promise. And I love him. But my time is his time. Doctors know, and they give you so much time. They don't know. I'm on God's clock. And I tell them, I'm on God's clock. Without being ignorant. So I am happier than I've ever been in my life, Clinton. No matter how bleak your life looks, give it to God. He will, he will be the one who will give you encouragement, hope, faith, and love like you have never experienced. I feel I am wrapped in his arms tight and he's not letting go of me. And you know what? Have no fear. You know, we always like to hang on to stuff that means absolutely nothing in the big scheme of things. Uh, when I turned to him, in fact, it was the day we were in the hospital, you were there. I was sitting there and I was like a fog. And you can't believe what you heard. But you know what? Even then, I knew. God's got me. I have nothing to fear. And Hope Church, you have been my church family for 10 years. I love you dearly. We have so much history together. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Your prayers, all the laughter we've shared, all the baptisms and prayer times and sobbing times. We are truly the family of God. Jesus, we come to you now as the way maker. You made a way that we could have a relationship with God. And that relationship means that we can be at peace with the God of this universe. And I pray for anyone right now who is watching, who is listening, who they are at not, they are not at peace with you. That can change today. Would they reach out? Would they call out to you to be their Lord, to be their Savior? And for the rest of us, God, would you have your rightful place in our heart that we would be surrendered to you, that we would run to you as the God of peace, the God who provides, the God who makes a way. And God, I pray that in and through this circumstance, through this pandemic that we are seeing ravage our world. Oh God, we pray you would make a way. Make a way for more people to, be, to, to come into a relationship with you and to have peace with God and then to experience the peace of God in their lives. Would that happen for each person watching and listening here today? And God, would you do a great work in and through the lives of people? And we pray that there would be a soon end to this pandemic, that, that we would see many gospel stories happen in our lives, in our community, in our church, and around this world. We praise you, we thank you, and we give ourselves to you once again. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, and the team, thank you for serving today. And um, just a reminder, right after the service, that, that there is going to, and it should be continuous, right? That YouTube link yes. will be continuous, and I would love to be able to connect with you, so keep your computers on or your tablets, but then also get that Telegram app, get that ready to go, and it's called the Hope online lobby, right? Yeah. So we're going to have some lobby time after church and, and just a way for us to connect together uh, through some texting and, and just share with you a few other encouragements and insights and, and that from God's word. And so I encourage you to do that. Fill out that online connection card. Get that filled in. Snap pictures. And send those in because we want to see how you're worshiping the Lord together with us. God bless you and have a wonderful day. I want to read this passage of scripture and then we are free to go. In Hebrews 13, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a good day. You are loved. We're praying for you.